100. 100. 100. Zero, zero. And what might be the perfect exclamation point on this god-awful 2022 baseball season, the Reds get blown out by the Cubs to wrap up 2022 and secure, for only the second time in franchise history, a 100-loss campaign. We will look at the final game of 2022, dig into why we continue to love this baseball team that never, ever loves us back, and figure out exactly where we're going to go from here. That's all today on the Locked On Reds podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thank you so much for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. As always, we are free and available on all platforms. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And on today's podcast, we've got a lot to get to because as addicts of this team, Steve and I, who spent our entire lives rooting for it, um, I personally have never seen, I know Steve's old and stuff, but I have never seen the Reds lose 100 games until yesterday they absolutely blew the doors off of 100 i know that we were talking about okay maybe they might uh, avoid it here with a sweep of the cubs to finish the season no they absolutely got destroyed where you're going to break down exactly what went wrong <clears throat> anybody on the mound and we are going to uh, convince ourselves more than anything why we still love this team but steve we've got to start with yesterday because there was uh, I don't know. Like I, I kind of went into the game thinking, okay, maybe they could do it. Maybe they could avoid a hundred and we could at least go into the off season thinking, all right, this team wasn't completely futile, but a hundred losses. Congrats, in, Bob and Phil. Absolutely. In, in true Cincinnati fashion, they pulled us in close. They embraced us. And then they kicked us right in the crotch, man. It's just wrapped it up the way they always do. They get shelled by the Cubs. Uh, listen, <sighs> we were talking about the oldest team in baseball. Yep. Asterisk. If you are <laughs> looking yep. at, if you're looking at what that means to say that for only the second time in the history of this team, they've lost a hundred games in a baseball season. That's a big deal. And that accomplishment that feat, that record falls squarely in the laps of Bob and Phil Castellini and nobody else. They should own it. It belongs to them and them alone. They should forever be remembered as the family that took this proud franchise and ran it into the gutter. Now, yeah. that leaves us with what do they do now? What happens next? How do they fix it? And there's a lot of questions that you and I are going to spend a lot of time this offseason answering. But this belongs to them, not Nick Crawl, not David Bell, not anybody else. No, I totally agree with that. And and Bobby Nightingale tweeted, you know, the composite attendance for the team this year was lower than it's ever been, at least in, since 1984. That includes last year where much of the season they were limited on how many people could actually come to the ballpark. There were still over 200,000 more people here in 2021 than there were in 2022. I think we all figured out the answer to oh, where else you're going to go. 
and 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 that played a big part of it uh, for the first time ever uh, an ownership group came out publicly looked into a camera and basically spit in the eyes of a fan base that has given them a whole lot of leeway and you know that drove away people that go no matter what that drove away fans that always carry them like like me and you fans that always right. just enjoy the ballpark experience and being down there and hanging out and having a beer and talking story and watching the game whether the reds are good or not phil managed to drive away those people and that's never been done before no i i think it's i don't even know that it even registered to him at the time and obviously i mean just to recap it he said it twice like he was given an out uh, by, uh, I believe it was, um, I believe it was Fox, um, who did it. And I'm blanking on the reporter's name, Brandon, I, Brandon, Saho, Brandon Saho. Saho. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Brandon, I'm sorry. You've been on the pod before, man. Um, but Brandon Saho gave him an out, gave him a chance to walk back his comments, maybe clarify a little bit. And instead he doubled down, he barreled through and we all knew that's exactly how he felt. And now, honestly, the best thing that they can do, that Bob and Phil can do outside of selling the team to someone that has the resources to play with the big boys, they just got to get the heck out of the way, man. Like, I think that's the one thing. And, and when we talk about the future of this team, when we talk about the bright stars that are coming up through the farm system, guys like Ellie De La Cruz and guys that we're seeing like Cam Collier that just got drafted and he's already starting to light things on fire. And we've got re-signs. We've got so many different exciting guys that are coming up through the farm system. We still have to look at ownership and say, how are you going to supplement them? How are you going to, you know, build this team around the guys that we have and the guys that are currently in the major leagues as well. And nobody trusts them to make the right decision because we know they like to meddle. They like to get their hands dirty and do stuff. And it's just like, just get the hell out of the way, man. So exactly. They have to let the baseball people baseball. And I think they did that at the trade deadline. And I think that's why Nick Crawl had so much success. And I think to a very, a very lesser extent, they did that also when they let Dick Williams go out and spend money. I think they got out of the way, they yeah. gave him an amount, and they moved to the side. And in both instances, the baseball people were able to successfully baseball for the most part. You know, everybody, that's not 100%. It's not a science. But right. for the most part, they were able to accomplish things. So I think that's the key moving forward. If they're committed to this new direction, like they say they are, if they're going to continue to look into cameras and say, we're going to do it the Tampa Bay way, then this is how they do it. They let the baseball people baseball. But you know what, Jeff? We should probably take a minute or two and talk about game 162. Now, I know you were down at the ballpark. I'm jealous of you in that because, you know, like I mentioned, even when they're bad, I like being at the ballpark. You and I right. always have a blast when we go together. So, you know, I know you were down there, Ashcraft on the mound, and I really wanted him to have a successful start to go into the offseason, and that just simply was not in the cards. He gets shelled, uh, five and a third's inning pitched, seven earned runs, four hits, and here's the thing that I know stood out to you because it stands out to me, five bases on balls issued to the opposing batters. And it was that sixth inning. Like, it almost makes you wonder. I know that he had a couple of starts uh, in between his uh, IL stint and now, but 
it almost makes you wonder if it was worth it to run him back out there in the sixth. I know that, you know, up until that point, he had only given up the three-run home run, but up until that point, he'd also pitched pretty well in the control category too, and his control left him in the sixth inning. I, I, I think that overall it was a bummer to see him just kind of whimper to the end of the season in his final three starts, very much the opposite of what Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green did. I mean, we talked about them and how just on fire they've looked to end the year. But overall, I mean, whatever happened and, and whatever happened in that sixth inning, because, I mean, the Cubs ended up scoring six runs in the sixth inning, and then they just kept going from there. It infected the mound because no matter who else stood on that mound the rest of the night, like, I tried. I really did. I, I tried. I ate a Sky Rosa, which, by the way, those are phenomenal. But that didn't help the team. I don't know why. That was. I figured that was the best thing that I could do. Listen, you know, you're 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 questioning whether or not Ashcraft should have come back out for the sixth. I don't think he should have been back on the active roster at all. Listen, when he was doing his rehab starts, uh, coming back from his injury, his IL stint, he didn't look sharp in Louisville. He didn't look great. And you and I talked off air. We didn't really lay this down for a show, but, you know, I, I just question whether or not it was worth putting him through it and risking his arm and bringing him back. And since he's been back. Three starts now since his return from the injured list, Jeff. 12 innings pitched, 16 earned runs allowed on 18 hits. He struck out seven and walked seven. He's 0-3 since returning from the injured list. And it just seems to me that he ran out of gas, and he ran out of gas before that he went on the injured list. When they identified that it was time to limit his innings, I think it probably should have just been time to shut him down. And I think it, when we're a couple of days removed from this and we can really just start to you know, focus in on reviews and looking back on the season and how everybody did. We're going to be excited at the statistic of three rookie pitchers throwing 100 or more innings. But right now, it feels like that shouldn't have happened. And I agree with you that it felt like whenever Graham Ashcraft went on the IL, I'm like, well, hey, he's had a nice season. That's great. Shut him down. We'll see him in Arizona in February. But that wasn't the case. And we saw the result. But of course, uh, in true Cincinnati Reds fashion, in a game like this where the Cubs were scoring touchdowns and the Reds were scoring runs, the only pitcher to notch a clean inning was, of course, as everybody would have drawn it up, Hunter Strickland. Car family favorite, Hunter and, and, Strickland. And they were so close. Like, we were cheering for him. We were cheering for pizza. So close to pizza. And then he gets a foul ball out. Can't even do that right. <laughs> Okay, Jeff, you know, I think the big takeaway is this. Thank God 2022 is mercifully over. It's over. When you tell someone, Jeff, that you're a Reds fan, I think, like me, you're probably often greeted with the response, why? <laughs> you and I are going to talk fandom. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, I want to talk about the baseball playoffs and how bet online is viewing the major league baseball postseason in 2022. Hey, you know what, Jeff, come back for a minute, pop back on the screen. All right. Let's talk for a minute about the playoff odds as set by uh, betonline.net, our, our, our friends and, and podcast sponsor. Uh, in the American League, uh, they believe that the Houston Astros have the best chance of advancing to the World Series at plus 165. They're followed by the New York Yankees at plus 215, then Toronto at plus 600, Tampa Bay at plus 800, and then 
a tie bringing up the rear of the American League contenders at plus 850, both the Cleveland Guardians and your Cincinnati West Seattle Mariners. So let's stick with the American League for just a minute. And of that spread, do you agree? Is is the Houston Astros the team to beat? Are they the favorite to get to the World Series? Or do you uh, you pin in your, your hopes and dreams on somebody else? Well, see, I'll say this. I do agree that they should be favored. I, I agree that they're in the best spot. They look like the most complete team. I think it's an injustice what they've done to the Guardians, putting them tied for the lowest odds. This Guardians team is scrappy, man, and they pitch and they defend, and that's what you've got to do in the playoffs to advance and go deep. I think I might put a couple of bucks on the guardians, which everybody knows what that means. But um, yeah, I think that's where that's where I would go with that because I mean the guardians and it sounds like bet online thinks that the rays will win that series. I think the guardians win that series and I think they're going to pose a threat to uh, I believe it would be the Yankees uh, that they would now, get. The and again, and again, these are the odds to win the American League pennant. Now, this mm-hmm. is not this is not series based, but I'll tell you this. I agree with you. I think there's a little disrespect going on there to the Guardians. I really like Toronto at plus 600 because I think yeah. they could actually put together a nice postseason run here. So, you know, one of my strategies for the postseason, Jeff, is to to spread it around a little bit and yep. with these with these high plus ratings. And if you hit on one of them, you get all your money back and then some. So I like Cleveland at plus 850. I like Toronto at plus 600. Over in the National League, of course, the Dodgers are picked to to be the favorite there at plus 150. Atlanta plus 225. The New York Mets at plus 400. Seattle at plus 800. And then again, a tie bringing up the rear in the National League. Philadelphia and San Diego at plus 1400 apiece. What are you going to do there? I'm going Atlanta. I don't think anybody's beating Atlanta. I mean, they're just they're every bit as good as they were last year, and yet somehow they figured out that Freddie Freeman was holding them back. And now I know they won the World Series, but they even look better than they looked last year, and it's all because their bullpen is just absolutely phenomenal. Well, shockingly, I would advise everybody to put just a few bucks on the Cardinals' devil magic at plus 800 because you just <laughs> never know with that franchise uh also i agree with you i think atlanta is probably uh going to be very very hard to beat and i like the mets at plus 400 just Mm -hmm. because they could figure it out and get hot Uh, that is a team that was built to win the world series and a lot of money was spent for that team to win the world series and maybe just maybe they will catch fire but i i I think i'm gonna throw just a little bit of a of a kiss of a bet towards that plus 800 with seattle because devil magic and then i'm with you atlanta at plus 225. So if you want to figure out where you should be spreading your bets around, if you want to learn more about what to do, you can head over to betonline.net right now because betonline.net is your number one source for all of your baseball, football, and all-around sports betting this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores on every sport that is out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the MLB, the MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.net right now. You can use your computer or your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, coming up tomorrow, we are in 
off-season mode. We are going to start figuring out what happens next. We're going to start looking towards 2023. We're going to start to dig into how this Cincinnati Reds franchise regains some respect and credibility amongst the fan base and the baseball world. That being said, Jeff, we talk about it a lot. You know, people ask why we're Reds fans. They 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 don't get it, and uh, it's it's sometimes hard to quantify. But I think for for you, for me, we're we're the part of a the last generation of Reds fans that you know it's about birth. It's about where you were born. It's about what you were exposed to in your formative years. God help us all. Uh, you know, we're in Ohio. Cincinnati was the team that's covered. It's a team that's available to you. It's the team you can go and see. Uh, that's changed. Today's generation, the, the kids of now, they've got MLB.tv. They've got Apple TV+. Plus. They've got Peacock. They've got YouTube. They've got uh, ability to watch every team everywhere. They can watch Shohei Otani and Mike Trout every day if they want to. They can watch the Dodgers and their $500 million payroll every day if they want to. Uh, it's, hard to it's hard to get a, a generation of fans to, to love, a, a, a love a team that doesn't win when they can watch somebody else. So I think that's how you and I got here. And yeah. then for me staying here, Jeff, and I'm not sure how your story plays out and I, I can't wait to hear about it. But for me, I've never been able to jump ship because, you know, this is the team of my childhood. This is Marty and Joe playing on the radio in the background while we're playing wiffle ball in the backyard. You know, you've heard me and Cam sit over beers, talk about this time and time again. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. um, but it's, it's, it's hard to move away from that. It's hard to move away from that history. It's hard to move away from, from that thing thread that that weaves its way through the fabric of your youth and the the fabric of your love for a sport so that's why i'm still here and that's why i haven't gone anywhere yeah i honestly it, it, it i'm the same way like i've been a lifelong fan and i was there at some seminal moments right i was there whenever jay bruce hit the clinch miss homer i was there whenever todd frazier won the home run derby I, Things like that just absolutely etch themselves onto your heart. And even before that, I mean, I had guys like Adam Dunn that I love so much. And I was a big Brandon Phillips guy. I loved Brandon Phillips back in the day. And and different guys like that that just, they were the kind of thing that just fed your soul when it came to, I mean, I've always been a sports fan, whether whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Reds college sports all, all over the place. I just love watching sports and I try to latch on to hockey teams and NBA teams and things like that every season. But obviously there's no local one to grab onto. But the idea of the Reds to me is just so ingrained at this point. And we, and we were talking about this at the ballpark today because I was there with some buddies and, and pretty much all of them had the same questions around their offices and stuff of people like, you're going to the game? Really? They watch them lose 100 games? It's like, yeah. Because guess what? We're the ones that are here now. And when this stadium is full, whenever that is in the future, I don't, I don't, I wish I could tell you when, because I wish I would know when. But whenever this stadium is full again and the Reds are playing deep into the playoffs, maybe even the World Series, and they're winning the World Series, and you've got thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of people that are just celebrating with you because this is such a great moment, you're going to be able to look back and remember this 100th loss of the season and be like, golly, that day sucked. But this day, this day rocks. And, and and I can't wait for that because that's how I felt last year with the Bengals, right? I mean, we've gone through this with the Bengals. We know what payoff is. If you're a lifelong fan for a team and you go through nothing but crap and then you have that one year, 
golly, that one year, even when the Bengals went 0-2 this season to start the year, I was like, I don't even care, man. They went to the Super Bowl last year. I'm still riding that high. I know it's wild for people to understand this, and you know, I, I firmly believe that when things are right in Cincinnati, there is no better baseball town in America than Cincinnati, Ohio, when the Reds are right. We've all seen it. We've all experienced it. Not near enough, but we've experienced it. And I know people find it funny for a guy like me that lives out in Hawaii with all of the beaches and all of the palm trees and all of the sunshine and stuff and rainbows uh, that when I talk about my happy Literally, place, there's lots of rainbows. there. There's lots of rainbows. <laughs> when I talk about my happy spot, my number one favorite place of anywhere, and you know where it is. You took a picture there like yep. two feet off center today. It's out in the Budweiser bar down the right field line behind a sp- particular table straight down the foul line. And the reason that that's my happy place is because I can walk into Great American Ballpark, I can order my beer, I can stand in that spot, I can look out over that field, and no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what is going on in life, for those few hours looking down that foul line, it's a happy spot and everything is at peace. And I love it. And that's why I go to the games. That's why I'll continue to go to the games. And that's why I'll always be a fan of this team. I, It, it took me a minute to leave tonight because I was walking around. I was... You know, after the game was over, I was I was trying to do. Of course, my phone died, so I couldn't do my post game reaction video from the stadium. But um, I was walking around the stadium after that. I walked by uh, the post game uh, for uh, the post game set for Bally Sports, and the whole time I'm just thinking, I'm just like, where can I hide? <laughs> where can I? <laughs> where can I just? Stick you and out? I both know it's Fry Box is where you're gonna hide. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, I don't. I don't want to leave because, like, even, you know, Joe Z says at the end of the game, he's just like, all right, fans, the next home game is March 30th of 2023 as we host the Pirates for opening day. And I'm just like, March? <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess we'll wait. We'll wait. Although, we do have Reds Fest, which I'm looking forward to that. No, oh, I agree. I can't wait to get in there for that. It's going to be so awesome because I, I, there's just something about it. And I think that, you know, if you're watching us here on YouTube or if you're listening, if you're watching, drop something in the comments, drop a thought as to why you are a Reds fan, because we've seen, we've seen the comments. We've seen the reactions this year of like people saying, I'm done. I'm gone. We're done. Not paying attention anymore. It's over. And I get that, but there's still folks like us that are sick. Let's, let's call it what it is. We're sick. And, and we still love this team. Like, tell us why in the comments. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, drop us a line on Twitter. You can do that uh, either at Jeff Carr with three F's or at Steve Offenbaker with two F's, or you can hit the show up as well at locked on reds. All right, Steve, I tell you what, <clears throat> enough of the touchy feely stuff. Uh, it's officially the 2022 <laughs> off season for the Cincinnati reds and coming up, we will lay the foundation for where we're going to go from here. That's coming up next. But as I mentioned too, if if you're watching here on YouTube and this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed and you click the bell to get notified. That's important because you'll get notified whenever we go live, whenever we have a new premiere, things like that. There's so much stuff coming for you this off season. We are going to have more live shows where we're going to interact, take questions, react to comments and different things like that. There's plenty of questions to ask and plenty of conversation to be had this off season. And that's kind of where we want to go right now, because where are you going to go, Steve? 
Well, I'm going to tell you what. That's that's a question that's going to take us a lot of shows to actually navigate. But for yeah. right now, I think the most important thing that the members of this Cincinnati Reds team that are going to be here next year, and they know who they are. We kind of know who they are. We definitely know the guys that aren't going to be here. Those guys that are still going to be around, I think the most important thing for them right now is to pick up their stuff tomorrow, walk away from the ballpark, and stop baseballing for a couple weeks. This has been an emotionally, mentally, and physically exhausting year for a lot of guys. Many of these players have been asked to do things that's not normal for them to be asked to do. They've been asked to step up in ways that they've never had to before. Guys like Luis Sessa, they've been asked to, to perform in spots where they've never played before at the big league level, where they've never been asked to contribute before uh, young guys trying to figure out where they fit on this team. All those guys need to unplug, clear their minds, rest up, come visit Hawaii. I'll tour them around. We'll get some Mai Tais. It'll be great. They need to unplug so that they can regroup and start moving forward. Because, Jeff, I really think that it's time to move away from where you're going to go, and it's time to start asking how you're going to get there. Yes. How are you going to get there? How are the Reds going to get there? Because, as we have said before, we see a path to contention in 2024, and there's an outside shot that they're going to be you know, around 500 in 2023. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but I think they've got the pieces and should they make the correct moves where they could be there? Uh, that's the key point though. How are they going to get there? And that's going to be the moves that are made. How is Nick crawl going to take the next step? Because, okay, cool. You tore it down. You put in some prospects into this farm system. You took them from a mid-level farm system to a top five farm system. That's great. Farm systems don't win World Series, and we want World Series. I, I, I want World Series. I don't want top-ranked farm systems for the rest of my fanhood here, like for the rest of my life. So what are they going to do? Because there's lots of different things that need to be taken care of this offseason, and I think you, me, and you listening at home all have this thought in the back of our minds of we don't trust them to make the right move. That's, that's absolutely correct. And, and they've done absolutely nothing. They being this ownership group, I want to be clear who I'm talking about. The Castellini family yes. has done absolutely nothing in their entire tenure in Cincinnati to earn a drip drop of my trust. I don't, I don't believe a word that they say. So, you know, I, I've quoted it a few times throughout the season, Jeff, my buddy, Bill Lack, uh, the 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 godfather as chad calls him of of what has led to a lot of the independent coverage of the cincinnati reds going way back into the 90s uh he said back then and he says to this day i'm from missouri you gotta show me and that's exactly what the reds have got to do i think if we were going to do branding if we're going to put a label on the 2022 baseball season it was the season of where you're gonna go i think we can all agree on that that was the narrative from opening day when phil said it till today and, you know, like I said, I think it's time to really start asking how you're going to get there. And I think that should be our branding of this offseason, Jeff. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of different things that can happen. There's a lot of different directions that this team can go. And there's some small moves that they can make to do exactly what you just said, which is put this team in a position to be about 500. Listen, this starting pitching is going to be phenomenal if it's yeah. healthy. They need a bullpen to go along with that. The, the lineup can score some runs. There's guys that can get on base, but they're going to need some boppers to drive them in. I'm looking at the corner outfield spots. Yep. 
There's things that can happen. This offseason, Jeff, there's a lot for you and I to talk about, a lot for us to navigate through to, to, to set a course and a direction for how we not only want to view the next 10 years, but how we want to view what happens immediately to bring back some of the faith to the fandom. Yeah, I, I believe that when you look at this team and when you look at the foundation that they've laid this year with the rookie pitchers, with the guys who really stepped up and came out of nowhere, let's let's talk. I mean, you know, we're we're going to talk in depth about Alexis Diaz, but let's call it what it was. He came out of nowhere. He he was the last dude on this roster on opening day. And now he I mean, he went from like uh underdog to like unimaginably if he was off this roster. He is unbelievable when it comes to this bullpen. So how are they going to build around him? I think that the Reds don't necessarily have it all figured out where it comes to run prevention, but run prevention is their strength. Run scoring is where they're going to have to answer the questions this off season. And that's where they need to uh, really look at some moves. And I'm not talking about going out and getting Aaron judge, but like you said, there are some intermediate moves and some guys that they could sign. And we're going to cover this quite a bit. There's some guys that are going to be in this free agent pool that you could get for a year or two at what the Reds would deem cost control money. And I think that the Reds absolutely need to figure that out because, and, and, and we're going to brand it this way, how are we going to get their watch begins now. And I think, Jeff, you know, you and I have spent a lot of time the last few weeks mapping out what the offseason looks like for you and I and what we're going to try to deliver to to all of you out there, our, our listeners, our viewers, that you guys are the reason we do this. So, Jeff, why don't you just kind of take a minute and and tee it up. Tee up the, the, the bare-bones preview of the Locked on Reds offseason. We've got a lot to cover when it comes to this team and, and looking back on 2022, how they came into 22, how they limped through it, and what that means for 2023. We're going to dive into some key players, some guys who are really going to affect the future of this team, and some guys who we wanted to be a big part of this future that we're probably sure they're not going to be anymore. We're going to break all those guys down when we look at some different tiers. We're going to talk about we're going to set it up plainly the guys who we don't think can actually provide value for this franchise because that's what we're looking at, right? Is who provides the value. We've got some great interviews coming up whether it comes to Reds broadcasters, former Reds players, hoping to maybe get a couple of current Reds players. We're going to see if we can uh, nab a couple of different guys. Definitely want to check in on Lucas Sims and see how he's doing in his rehab and things like that. There's so much to get to, you're not going to want to miss it. That's why we say, make sure that you're subscribed. Make sure you click that bell to get notified on YouTube. And make sure you're following us on your favorite podcasting app. Well, I think we will leave it at this, Jeff. We now know where we're going to go. Because there's really nowhere to go but up from here. That is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Reds podcast on this final day of the 2022 baseball season coming up. As Jeff said, we are going to start digging into this offseason and we will have you covered from now until opening day. Because what are we, Jeff? We are locked on Reds every single day.